This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The fan, normally Ryan Horvath, that MGM tonight uh, joins me. However, the entire family of the Horvaths are all sick. Uh, and I found that out uh, earlier today. So I went to scrambling and called my guy, Dusty Evely. First guy I texted, hey, man, you around? You want to do this? Because, uh, you know, he's the, he's the guy now. Everybody turns to Dusty Evely for Packer analysis. And I don't want to be last in line here. You follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Packer Report, Pack-A-Day Podcast, Cheesehead TV, all those fun places you can find Dusty Evely at. And think about that. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, Dusty. And you deserve some money. S- some Somebody needs to start writing you checks. Because Aaron Nagler over at Cheesehead TV bragging about how he's not working anymore and he's mm-hmm. just doing Cheesehead TV. That was after Andy Herman over at the Packaday podcast said, yeah, I quit my real job. I'm just doing Packers now. And coincidentally enough, you are tied to both. Somebody should start writing you some checks, man. <laughs> Send the checks in the mail because of Dusty Evely. You all don't have to have real jobs anymore. Nah, I think it's, they should send the check. I appreciate that. Listen, if I start getting paid like serious money for this, that means I'm going to have to start treating this a little more seriously. And I feel like that that goes poorly for me. So I'm 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 perfectly fine keeping this stuff as a hobby and just doing what I can do, brother. Dude, it's awesome. I I appreciate you and all the stuff that you do. There's so much to talk about with this Packers a loss. And again, you can stream us live on the Odyssey uh, Sports YouTube page. Of course, download it on the Odyssey app or download these podcasts wherever you download your favorite podcasts at Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. They go up uh, before 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, okay, so I'm usually a pretty negative guy. Right? Okay. I mean, you put down a glass of water, I'm going to say it's half empty. I'm not going to say it's half full. That's, that's how I've been my whole life. When I was like eight, nine years old, my my mom would be like, you are like a 75-year-old grumpy old dude. Like, what is your problem? So I've always been that way. And something weird is happening with me right now. Nice. Because I feel like I'm a lot more optimistic and positive about this Packer loss than seemingly a, a majority of people that I see complaining and screaming and yelling about everything on Packers Twitter. Listen, folks. Last week on Friday, we went over, we do our confident, concerned, and curious on Fridays, right? What are you confident in the Packers, concerned about, and curious about? Ryan Horvath and I. And I said that one of the key main keys to the game is going to be missed tackles. If they don't have a lot of missed tackles on running backs and wide receivers and so forth, and the first guy gets guys down, they're going to win the game. And if they don't, they're probably going to lose the game. And in the second half, that's exactly what happened. Bijan Robinson is not some average Joe that you know, you at home could tackle if he was running at you. Like, that's not what this is. I saw 
Uh, Odyssey Sports was it? I think, I don't know, somebody tweeted out a thing comparing him to Barry Sanders. Uh, now, I don't know if I'd go that far, obviously, but he he is going to make it difficult for guys to tackle him. So that you got to give a little wiggle room here. And Joel Barry can coach that, coach him up all he wants, but they have to be able to make the tackles when they're in the position to make tackles. I saw a video before I came on. Did Andy Herman tweet it out, I think, maybe? And I want B. John Robinson run. Giant Alexander is standing off to the side and just kind of jogging next to the play, not even trying to engage, just kind of watching everybody else try to take him down, not engage. And again, we've seen Jair Alexander make business decisions last year, not want to tackle people. That's uncalled for. That can't happen. You want to claim you're the best and great and all that stuff, then you got to be a part of the team too. But that type of stuff, I just, I don't know. I, I know everybody's mad at Joe Barry and probably – you know, there's reason for you to be, but to a degree, this is on the players on the defensive side of the football. Why they lost that game. I, I think there's something to that. I mean, I do think, I don't know that Barry always necessarily puts his guys in the best position to succeed. I think the way he kind of aligns his front, sometimes you're, you're giving up angles and ground fairly easily. I mean, everyone's going to point to, um, the Devonder Campbell covering Bijan out wide on third down, which is, like ridiculous, but like honestly, you can make an excuse for that as far as why that's like that way. It's in terms of how they're playing defense. But there's other ways you're looking at the front, and they've got these kind of like slanted three men on one side, these uneven fronts, and one on the other side on second and two, just inviting yeah. them to run. And then they run because they can gash you on the ground and they've got the angles there. So I don't know that he does the best job to put his players in position to succeed. I think he's been better this year, excuse me, than he has been. To me, I think that one of the bigger issues. That defense was gassed, man. Like, I think the Packers, I was looking at this earlier, had 47 plays, ran 47 offensive plays in the in the game. Falcons ran 42 in the second half. Packers ran 20 plays in the second half. Offensively, Falcons ran 42. Like, at a certain point, like, they were just gassed. And a lot of that was, it was third and fourth down conversions. They didn't convert a single third down um, in, in the second half of the game. And so when they were kind of driving and then they would get the third down, they were done. He had those three and outs late in the fourth quarter. I, I do think part of it's on I think I, I Joe Barry, I don't think is is blameless in this. Um, I also don't know that the players are blameless, but but I mean the offense I think needs to carry a little more weight than that, than to have twenty than to, to have twice as many plays run against you than you actually ran in the second half. That's that's insane. At some point the defense just runs out of the gas. I think that's a great point. I haven't heard a lot of people bring it up. I think it's uh, a fair point. Jordan Love. Let's talk about him for a second now, because Jordan Love, you look at his numbers, he's at the top of the quarterback list, pick a category. He He's right up there. Uh, no interceptions, thrown six touchdown passes. Quarterback rating is a beautiful thing uh, as well. So not a lot to complain about there. Then it's, well, you know, you, you got to be able to drive him back down the field, at least get a field goal in the last minute of the game or whatever. Folks, I don't care that he's been sitting there for three years. It's not the same thing until you're actually in the situation. Does he know the offense? Yes. Does he is he able to control defenders with his eyes and so forth? Yes. All of that's come from what? Sitting, watching Rodgers, and learning. I get it. But until you're in that position where the game's on the line and it's you and your guys, who, by the way, you had no starting running back, you had your best wide receiver out, the two best linemen, both on the same side of the football, are both out. And he's having to play with all this. Rodgers didn't have to go through this his first two games. None of this. He had veteran wide receivers. He was the new piece. Everybody else was pretty much the same. And you look at their numbers, they're very comparable. Rodgers had more yards, but comparable otherwise. I, I just think Jordan Love deserves a hell of a lot more credit than what he's getting. Yes, the offense needed to get a first down. I understand all that. But I thought he played pretty well overall, you know, outside of that botched call 
uh, on the quarterback sneak where he called the wrong word or whatever he did. And he took ownership of that after the game. So that's on me. I screwed that up. But uh, outside of that, I thought he played fairly well. Yeah, he had the one well, one turnover-worthy play that he threw right into A.J. Terrell's hands. You can make yep. a point. A lot of that is – some of that seemed to be a fair amount of grabbing from the defensive back there. Wasn't able to get around. That's, That's one what of those where I think the concept was not there. Um, he was looking for the middle, and they did a good job disguising it, and the, the throw wasn't there, and so he went back to his ISO on the right side. Like That's one of the things. That his eyes are in the right place. He was kind of an autopilot a little bit, so not the best decision there. But for the most part, yeah, I thought he played well. I think they – it's been funny watching them. It's almost like they're so far, they kind of did this last year a little bit too with Rodgers, honestly. They're segmenting game plans a bit in terms of uh, what they want to get to offensively, what they want to get to, say, from a passing game perspective. They'll run, they'll lean heavy on one thing one week and then heavy on another thing the next week. The Falcons did a really, really good job in terms of taking away the middle of the field, especially in play action. That's what they want to do. Packers have been very good with that last week, all preseason with love, really. Falcons took that away. And so he was hammering quick game outside of the numbers. And one of my issues with him has been consistent accuracy. He has issues doing, he'll sail a ball occasionally. He was nails on those things all day. Those quick hitters, anticipation, placement, all of that stuff, just absolutely tremendous. He missed uh, a couple throws down the field and haven't quite got a chance to fully dig in on that yet. Some of that is, was it, was it the break of the wide receiver? Was maybe he took it vertically when it was supposed to go corner? Like there's different things like that. It's hard to tell, but I thought he played well. And I mean, then even beyond that, you look at, he had that beautiful ball, one of his best balls of the game uh, to Wicks on that fade route. Like, like drought broke that, up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like gorgeous, gorgeous throw. He had um, he, the, the last play that would have been wiped out, I think by illegal formation anyway, was a gorgeous throw to Wicks right in the middle of the field, diving, got his hands on, ball popped incomplete and again that's gets wiped out anyway but he's got some i think he showed this game consistency in areas we've not seen consistency in a good decision making and then he just got a little unlucky like you said it's it's a young receiver group and he had that line all breaking down he didn't have the crutch of aaron jones to lean on uh and then he had young receiver group guys out there i think some of them maybe not being where they're supposed to be when he thought they were going to be there but for the most part i mean I don't know how you come away from this. Anything other than impressed with what Jordan Love is? I've got some questions still about the deep ball. I think deep sure. ball accuracy, but for the most part, I mean, he's been he's been tremendous. I think. You know, I think that last play was actually Toure, not Wicks. Um, Man, and yeah. and I think it was I. Andy Herman put up a couple of videos on Twitter, going, "Look at when he throws it, and look at where Toure is. He hadn't even he had just maybe started the break, and the ball was already in the air." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he threw it right there. And, and Turek obviously couldn't hold on. It wouldn't have mattered anyhow. But either way, it was a hell of a throw and a hell of an anticipation throw. And if any of you folks follow that quarterback school uh, on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. who is that? JTL Sullivan? JTL or whoever, Sullivan, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, he wasn't very good. Uh, but he's a good he's a good analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun to watch. And you watch him like Justin Fields and some of these other guys that have no feel for anticipation at all, have no idea what the hell they're doing, trying to figure it out. Jordan Love looks like he's been in the league for several years with some of the stuff he's doing. Let's talk about the receivers, shall we? Sure. Hey, man. Like, th- this whole thing of, oh, don't trade Jonathan Taylor for Christian Watson and da-da-da and all this other stuff. Okay, fine. I agree. You don't do that. But Wicks? Hmm, might be something. Uh, Reed? Yeah. He might be something, too. We know Dobbs is. So, they're, they're 
as talented, as deep, and as athletic as they've ever been right now. Now, they're young. It's going to take a couple of years for everybody to get clicking. And I guarantee you, next year when we get to this point, week two next year, this offense is going to be at a whole different level than it is right now because of all the experience everybody is getting right now, including you know these young offensive linemen uh, with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, that, and that's been the thing all along was like the consistency this year, both from Love and the receivers is not necessarily going to be there because they are so young. And it, I mean, I've been one that's like, you know, rookie wide receivers for the most part do not perform well. And that's changed a little bit with like the rise of seven and seven football and a lot of rookie wide receivers. Like in the past three years, we've seen better wide receiver play from rookies than we have in like, you know, 30 years or whatever it's been like consistently year after year. So I there's going to be some growing pains. I knew there would be. But, I mean, I've been pounding the table for years. Get some speed in there. We saw this in, what was that, 2020, 2021, the uh, 49ers game, 2021. MVS was out, and it was like, oh, we can't stretch the field. We've got all done. Speed. Yep. Now all they've got is speed. It was all last year with Christian Watson. They couldn't stretch the field. Mm-hmm. When Watson, I was out in that Washington game, LaFleur goes, well, that was pretty much our game plan. So once, yep. once he couldn't play, we were pretty much screwed. And Rodgers said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you've got – I think Watson – I believe Watson can be potentially will be if he can stay healthy, a super duper star in this league. Like he's got that kind of talent, like not just speed, but just talent, skill, everything. So when he's on the field, he changes stuff, but it's also not a death knell if he's not, because like you said, we've got, you've got wicks who can move. You've got Reed who I think at the combine ran like a four, five, four, six, but they said they clocked him like as a four, three or something pro day. Like he does not look like he's a four five when he's on the field. He plays real fast. Like they've got, they've got speed coming out their ears. Even Torre is like, just, he's a straight line guy, but he's a burner. Like if you send him on stuff, he used to send MVS on like dude can run. So yeah, that's, that's a problem. They don't have anymore. It's just a a lack of speed. Yeah. That's a great thing. Now I was talking about tight end. I haven't seen a, a ton from Kraft necessarily. Uh, DeGuar getting a lot more run, it, it feels like, than maybe people expected. Uh, but Musgrave, as good as Musgrave can be catching the ball, Musgrave blocking can can lead to an adventure. There was one play early in the game where it was that pitch to Wilson to the left side, and it got blown up in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I rewound that thing, and I watched it again. Man, Walker and Musgrave both missed the same dude. They both reached for the dude. He ran between both of them. Neither one touched him, and he came flying in the backfield. I'm just going, come on, guys. Like, you got two guys. You both went for the same dude, and you both missed. That's the type of stuff, because Walker's inexperienced, too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the type of stuff that Jordan Love has to overcome, and the offense has to overcome. And everybody wants to bang on A.J. Dillon, but it doesn't appear like that offensive line was all that great to begin with yesterday. 
No, and you had was it the love sack that was yeah. walk, Walker worked out when he should have looked like he was working and and that seems to me like I don't I don't think that's an indictment of Walker. I think that's just a he has not played with those guys like the consist- like they're not there and they didn't have the feel for it and uh, whoever was next, I'm blanking who was next to him, even Jenkins at the time worked in and he should have worked in to keep, pick up that guy. And so there's some of that. I mean, I think I think for Musgrave, I've honestly I've been really impressed with his blocking because he's a guy like coming out was like he's a big athletic dude. He can block. He looks like he is willing to block. How good will he be? He has been very, extremely inconsistent. The word of the day, if you've not picked up on this, Sparky, is inconsistent. He's been extremely be inconsistent. Yeah, and I think they will be. And and for the most part, rookie tight ends do. What they struggle with the most is blocking. I thought he was going to be a big wide receiver. I thought he was going to be Alan Lazard without the high-level blocking first year. You teach him. He's been, he's been better as a blocker than I thought he was going to be. But then you also have just really weird looks where he just – he wants to do the right thing. He just doesn't always know where he's supposed to be sometimes, which is, which is not nothing against him. He's two games into his rookie career. I think he's already impressed me on that front, but there's going to be those moments. And yeah, we saw some in some pretty bad moments uh, this past week. You watched a lot of tape. Can't say I've seen a lot of offensive linemen push their own guy. Josh Nyman, <laughs> man, you get a cookie for that one. I, I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> He just literally shoves Walker. That video's flying all over Twitter, too, at this point that everybody is watching. Yash Nyman is not, well, again, if they have to play without Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and I think they're going to because I think it's an MCL sprain. They're waiting to see MRI results, but that's what Rapport had said last night that they thought it was an MCL sprain with Jenkins. Bakhtiari, you have no idea if he's playing week in and week out. Is he just not going to play on turf this year? Or is that knee really bad again and nobody's talking about it? Or what the deal is? Who knows? But so who is the left guard to replace Jenkins? Providing Bakhtiari is playing, Dusty, who's your left guard? What's that line look like for you? So, I mean, they had Newman out there, um, which I – so I no, watched after – that's after, not the option. No. Well, after he came in, I was watching because Newman's thing is like, if you run a stunt at him, it's like he's never seen a stunt before in his life. He's never seen crisscrossing defensive linemen in front of him his entire life. I don't think they ran a single stunt at him this past week. So I think he looked – I think he looked pretty good for the most part. He had a couple – blown assignments uh, he didn't get up to the second level he had one i think it's maybe a second snap that if he had worked up to the second level if he hit the linebacker which he actually got to dylan's up to the third level he's 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 up against safeties 10 yards down the field he just he's got him lined up he just misses him uh and so that i mean that was <laughs> that's bad. a problem that's a problem <laughs> for the most part i don't think he was bad and i think this is going to be the issue with the offensive line if it's constructed this way and pass pro i don't think they're going to be bad they couldn't run the ball very well last year because of these same things. Cause they didn't have guys that could move guys in the run game. So, I mean, they use Newman. I think Ryan looked better than him in the preseason, but we got so much limited uh, tape on him. I have, I have no idea. I would probably go Ryan just cause I feel like we know what Newman is and Ryan at least is somewhat of an unknown, but that was the, I mean, that's been the issue all year has been, or going into the year was they've got tackle depth. If an interior lineman goes down, like their interior line depth is not great. So what do they do? And now an interior lineman goes down their best interior lineman probably for a while. So I don't know, man, kind of crossing our fingers. I think they can get creative, but if, it, if this past week's any indication, I think the rolling, I think Newman is probably their dude. Is Tom more valuable at right tackle over uh, Rashid Walker or Yash? versus him moving I mean, back inside the left guard to play next to Bakhtiari? Personally, I think he is. I think just the tackle is is better, but it's I mean that's it's more valuable at tackle. I will say that. Like straight up more valuable at tackle. However, if the level is different, if you're jumping up from like terrible to like above average, 
with Tom at left guard, move him over there, and then you have probably Nyman. I think Nyman yeah. been, have been getting more run at right tackle. I think that's – when I was talking about being creative, I think that's something they, they will likely need to explore. Because I think even Newman and uh, um, Ryan, if not mistaken, were more uh, right on the right side, more right guard than left guard at that point. So, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think we will see that at some point if this goes the way we know uh, Newman has been. I'm happy to say I do not watch the center position ever. Um, well, watching football plays like all you guys do when you go back and do your film analysis, how has Myers played through two weeks? Uh, not great. Not great, but I don't think as bad as, as maybe people are kind of getting on him a little bit. I, I didn't had not watch him closely this past week yet. I was watching him a bit. I thought he played fine. I think that's a guy who I think is, is can be pretty good in the run game, but I, the thing with him, it's inconsistencies. I mean, it's been that way his entire career. He is an athletic dude when they, they've been, they pull a lot of times when you pull guys like on the run game, they'll pull right. guard, they'll pull guard tackle. They're pulling Myers because he's, he's got the athleticism when he's on the move. He's very, very good, but he just, there's times in the run game and pass game. It's just, he's getting driven off the ball. Like if, if he, if he's got a guy up over him, just straight up over his face, he's given up pressure inside. Like you can almost book that. And I think that's just probably who he is. So I, I think he's been fine. I don't think he's been an abject disaster. I don't think he's been amazing. I think he's been fine. He's going to take his lumps. That's just kind of who he is at this point. I'm talking with our guy, Dusty Evely. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely, Pack Report, Pack a Day Podcast, Cheesehead TV. Uh, I, I want to talk about Matt LaFleur a little bit. Because I was saying it during the game. <clears throat> and again, not many people heard me. I was by my brother's house in Elkhorn. Uh, but... <laughs> And if you are not sold that this dude is good, then I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I mean, to, to be able to do what he's doing with the inexperience that he has and still be able to put together sustained drives, the guy in the first year as a starting quarterback and all these rookies and two great offensive linemen down, and you punt in the first quarter and you don't punt again until the fourth quarter. I mean, to, to me, that says something. Like, he knows what the hell he's doing. And take it a step further. Hackett left, horrible. Hackett now in New York, and his meal ticket is hurt. Zach Wilson, mm, uh, not good. So that didn't turn out. And then take a step further. Look over in Chicago. That offensive coordinator, yep. he came from that tree too. They suck. And you watch all these guys do film analysis work on the Bears offense. It's like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. What What is this? What are they trying to do? That's play design. That's on him. And Getsy, and, and to me, that just speaks glowingly of really how good LaFleur is. Yeah, those guys got credit when they were here. Sure. Uh, but now you're seeing really how good or not good those guys truly are now that they're on their own having to do their own thing on offense. And you're really seeing how good LaFleur is with Rodgers gone and all this inexperience and still making things happen. Yeah, I think he's been incredible. I think I think the way the offense has looked this year, I mean, there's certainly things you can nitpick at. I think the um a couple of procedural things, and I don't know if it falls on him so much as like I think the the false or the delay game on on the Carlson yeah. field goal attempt is that him or is that Pisaccia as far as special team stuff? I mean, ultimately, I think that does fall on the head coach. But that was Carlson. Listen. Carlson had yeah. it was at twelve seconds. It was at twelve when he walked back and walked over. <laughs> Ten breaths. Okay, I'm ready. Moment. <laughs> It's too late. We should have came out here five minutes ago if it was going to take that damn long. But even then, like at that point, that's uh, Carlson. He's got to move it along. 
Well, that's on Carlson, but then I also put that kind of on Basaccia because that is that's special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. Like it's your job to make sure he's ready to sure. get him out there. That's fair. But then but then you can also put it on the floor like and he said afterwards like he didn't feel comfortable with a fifty six yarder. Carlson drilled a four a fifty seven oh. yarder yeah, that's at, like yes. outside. And so that's to me that probably something else going on. The floor, I think, almost to to a fault, which is good in a head coach, will will take the fall. Well, well, yes, you will never know what's going on because the floor will take the fall for that stuff, which I think is admirable, but also means it's a little frustrating because we're never going to know what the full story was on this stuff. So, and I think, you know, there's that fourth down thing that love, you know, like you said, gave, gave the wrong word on. I like it because there's, there's, I think there's a, there's a thought. There's a, there's something floating out there that LaFleur does not want to be aggressive. He wants to be aggressive. They were going for it. there, like on their own, whatever it was 35. And they just, it did not work out uh, because, because it did not go well. Um, I think if you look at what he's done, with the offense, just as far as how it's run, what they're running, how it's playing to the strength of their players, how they, um, some of the innovations they're doing, how they're kind of, uh, how they've changed up looks through these first two weeks, how they're running the same concepts from different ways and kind of how they weaponize some of the speed they have. I, I think it's been incredible. I, I, last year, this whole offseason, people have been asking, how does the offense look different now that Rodgers is out? And I said, well, it's probably 80% of the same offense. They're running, they're going to be running roughly a lot of the same stuff. It's just how they're going to be running it, which I think mostly is true. But at the same time, the way they're running it is wildly different. There's a handful of concepts they're running we didn't see under Rodgers because they don't like to attack the middle of the field uh, with Rodgers. Rodgers did not like to attack the middle of the field. But the way they're able to do what they do with speed, is incredible. And you can see that he understands that. And I think he's changing that every week. I'm regardless of what the Packers record is this year. I am just thrilled to be able to watch this offense week after week. It's been very exciting. What about the motion? You know, and you know, average fans like, Oh, you can figure out it's man or zone or whatever. And Rogers hated having guys in motion, hated it. Didn't like it. Didn't want anything to do with it. And obviously LaFleur and Jordan love are running motion constantly on every play. There's somebody in motion and moving around. How big of a deal do you think that is to the importance of what this offense is versus how Rogers wanted to run it? So, I mean, re- legitimately, he didn't want to go down the middle of the field. LaFleur mm-hmm. does. He didn't want to have guys in motion. LaFleur does. And now LaFleur again, gets to kind of do stuff his way and scheme guys open and, and do all that fun stuff. I mean, they still use motion under Rogers. They're just limited. I mean, to Rogers point, and this is something around the league. So it used to be, you mentioned the man's own tells. That used to be a thing that if you, you motion a guy across and then a guy follows him, that's man. If not, it's zone. You bump coverage and it's zone. That's not really the way it is at this point because defenses are getting better at disguise. You can have a man follow across or not follow across, but then it locks once the guy sets and it's actually man coverage, though it looks like zone. So you don't really get those tells anymore necessarily. Like So you've lost some of that benefit. And Roger's point was the same stuff that um, Peyton Manning hated was I got the look. I know who I have. Manning would always run these static two-by-two two sets. So you got two receivers on each side, single back, no motion because he said, I know what I have. I know what my matchup is. If you're motioning before the snap, not only you're changing the picture for the defense, you're changing the picture for the offense. So now in the split second, the offense is going across defense is shifting the strength that maybe you thought you had before the ball was snapped is not what you have anymore. Now you have to process new information, more information from a shifting defense that maybe that changes your reads. And so from a certain extent, like I understand where Rogers is coming from. That being said, well, and also the other thing is you need speed to enact a lot of those changes. I think uh, if you're running, 
say Alan Lazard on jet motion, the defense doesn't react the same way as if you're you're running Jaden Reed on jet sure. motion because you're you're not forcing the reaction you need to. So I think the added speed helps with that as well. And there's a there was a concept they ran. It was the Wicks touchdown. Um, that's something they run all the time. They ran that out of jet motion with uh, Wicks as the jet man. You can't. That's a very hard route for a guy to get into unless you have speed. It, there's not enough time to do it. Like the protection breaks down by the time you get there. But since they have Wicks, you're able to force that reaction. He pushes outside on that concept to force the defender to, to widen out. Then he cuts back inside. That's something you can't do with slower receivers. So I think I think the combination of motion, which the floor for the most part is always used as a way to more like angles in the blocking game and the running game up front than for passing game. He's now just completely unlocked it where he's just, he's running it with speed, getting to getting into concepts he wouldn't even really get to before, even with a lack of speed. So it's been, like I said, I mean, I, I think, you know, one-on-one, whatever, what LaFleur has been doing with this offense, with the speed that he has at his disposal and the way he weaponizes it, I think has been a masterclass so far. I don't know if you had a chance to see Ryan Wood's tweets or his article in the Green Bay Press, because that Packers beat writer, Mm -hmm. Uh, But he painted a picture yesterday in the locker room after the game and said he had not really seen it before where it kind of became a classroom where dudes were like huddled around in same position groups, kind of going over stuff that happened and kind of using it as a teaching and learning moment in the locker room. There wasn't a, oh, we lost type deal. It was, okay, let's fix this now. Let's talk about what we did wrong and how we're going to get better at it. And I quote tweeted the tweet from Ryan Wood and said, this is good. This is how a young team gets better because a young team could also just hang their heads and be like, oh, damn, we blew that. I can't believe we blew that. We didn't score in the second half. We can hang their head and it could fester for a day or two before you get yourself out of it. The fact that they were able to process and move on that quickly and be like, okay, let's just fix this. So we're ready to go against the Saints and let's move forward. I think that's positive. And I, I think a lot of that is fostered by leaders in the locker room and the coach and how he's gone about this and how he's decided he wants this team to go. Yeah. The leaders in the locker room thing is really interesting too, because that was, that was a big talking point in terms of they jettisoned all their older guys. Right. I mean, it's, it's Jones, it's Bakhtiari. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is no longer there. Aaron Rodgers is obviously no longer there. Like they've gotten rid of a lot of their older guys. It's the youngest team in the league. Uh, and so that was the thing is, okay, where are the leaders going to come from? You assume Jordan love would be, but he's got kind of that, quiet leadership ability to them and people don't always like that and who knows how that's going to go so the fact that these guys i guess my point about mercedes lewis because i wanted them to bring mercedes lewis back so my thought was even if he's not giving you much on the field there's a lot of times the young players will talk to a player in the way they want to coach and so the way they kind of troubleshoot stuff will be different um you go you go to the player and mercedes lewis having seen that all before that was my point for bringing mercedes lewis back it seems like they're doing that without the vets kind of you've got these guys they're banging their head against the wall it's almost like brainstorming sessions by themselves and figuring out the answer as opposed to being told right. the answer which is a, a an interesting dynamic and again one of the talking points was does the floor have control of the locker room with without vets how are they going to be there it's really cool seeing this young team kind of like you said they're not they're not hanging their heads because that's that's something too if you don't have the right guys in there you know, the veteran leader saying, all right, pull yourself out of it. You can easily fall into young guys kind of hanging their head. No, nah, man, we didn't do well, blah, 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 blah. The fact that they're, they're got these leaders in there and they're figuring this out themselves, I think is, is a very encouraging sign for an extremely young team. No doubt. And we talked before the season about getting to that bye week and having one more games mm-hmm. than you lost getting into that bye week. And if that happens, everybody's happy of, okay, we get to the bye week. We've won more than we've lost. Now let's let's put this thing together here coming out of the bye week. You're do your self-examination, all that stuff that the coaches do, uh, and then you kind of move forward. And I think that still has to be the goal because now mm-hmm. I think the goal is, okay, win the next game, obviously, take care of the Saints. And then it's a huge game 
against the Lions on Thursday night football. And guess what? It's a young team. It's a, their first short turnaround and having to prepare in completely different way than you do when you get a full week. That's going to be a huge test for this Packers team uh, of making that short turnaround next week where you play Sunday and then you got to come back and play the team that everybody picks to win the division and the Lions mm-hmm. who are extremely physical uh, and are are going to try and punk you in every way possible when you pay, play Detroit. Kansas City talked about they were they knew that's what Detroit was going to try and do to them. And Andy Reid preached to stay out of this mess. Just don't let them get in your head. Just stay out of it. Stay out of it and keep your composure and. That that's going to be the next big test is beat New Orleans, beat two and one, and then put yourself in a position to really feel good about yourself uh, if you can take care of the Lions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I before the season, I was like everyone else. You look at the schedule and go, what are the winnable games? What are the losable games? And me being usually before the season, the ever optimist is like, what they're going, they're winning fifteen games this year. Um, but I was looking realistically before the bye week, and this was the the Falcons game was the game where I was like, they're probably losing that game. I mean, it, the, in the lead up to the game, I think I said they were going to win because I feel good about myself. I feel good right. about the team. But before it's okay, they got, I don't know how the defense is going to be. They are very bad against the run game, and Arthur Smith would like to grind you to dust on the on the ground if he can. Except They're in the good. first half when he let Desmond Ritter throw like this Patrick half. Mahomes. What an idiot! But okay, Man, go ahead. There are so many missed opportunities with Desmond yep. Ritter. That's that's a that's a whole other topic. Um, yep. I was like, this is going to give them problems. The, the run game of the Falcons is going to give them problems, and ultimately it did, and that stinks, but they're sitting one-on-one about like I kind of thought. I hope they beat the Saints are going to be a tough game just because the def- defensively, that's, that's a tough game. I think they play tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's going to be tough, but yeah, that Lions game, huge test, and then the hope would be you ease into that bye week with a win against the Raiders who are not looking particularly yep. good, and whether they're... I, I mean, to me, that was... I, I don't really care what their record is at that point. If they're three and two if they're two and three if they're one and four but they've looked promising i think that early bye week not only for health but for like just to take stock of this young team if their only win going into that bye week is the first week but they've showed promise and they go into that bye week and go all right listen man we're not really out of this yet here are the things we can fix we can kind of level ourselves i don't think that's the worst thing in the world either i just i don't know that i have faith in this team i'm just excited about the potential of this team i think is where i'm at dusty I'm going to be clinically depressed if they don't win another freaking game between now and the bye week. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, I am going to be depressed because the amount of negativity from this fan base is going to be outlandish if they are one and four at the bye week. To me, it's got to be three and two. I I look at it. I want to be three and two at the bye week. And, and again, win more games than you lose. I'm not saying they can't lose another game, right? They're, they're probably going to lose to the Lions. I, I'm just honest about that. I, I think they can beat New Orleans. I think they can beat the Raiders. The Lions is going to be tough, mainly because it's on four days rest, and they're going to be super physical and try to push those young receivers around. Um, so I, I understand that. But having said all of that, if they are 3-2 and two going into that bye week, Matt LaFleur has got to be smiling from ear to ear going, Good luck, rest of the NFL, because now my guy's got a little bit of an idea of what the hell's going on. We're going to make a couple adjustments here, and then let's see what happens. If they're mm-hmm. one and four, and the state is depressed, and that defense is awful, then Joe Barry should be gone during the bye week. If that's if that's how this plays, and it's it's not because of Jordan Love they're losing, you know. And who was it? Was it uh, Rajul Douglas? I think it was Rashid Douglas, somebody in that locker room said, "Hey, man, twenty-four points. We got to win. We scored twenty-four points. We got to win. This is on us." And I agree. If he's putting up 24 points every week in that offense and you're one and four, 
then Joe Barry, it's been real. Like, you got to go. You you can't let him continue to call this defense. If you're averaging 24 points a game and you got one damn win to show for it, you have to make a change to give your, even if they promote somebody from within, even if they don't get Leslie Frazier, let's say, and they just promote somebody from within the staff, fine, but show your guys, hey, man, we apologize. We're going to try and figure this out with somebody else. Because at that point, you would think that everybody is probably losing faith in Joe Barry if it's going that bad. You would think so. I mean, I... Th- I- I will say I've been somewhat encouraged by some of what Joe Barry has done. He's changed up. He's changed up his MO a little bit. And traditionally this is where like, then I try to try to get into optimistic mode, which, you know, shoot me down if this is way too optimistic. Traditionally, Joe Barry has changed the defense has changed what he's done post bye week. The problem is when bye week has been too late last year. They did. And they were incredible after the I have bye a question. Week. Go for it. Is Why does Joe he just Barry, keep doing that the next year? <laughs> is Joe Barry changing stuff at the bye week because Matt LaFleur is telling him what to change it to at the bye week? Or is Joe Barry changing things during the bye week because Joe Barry knows what to do in during the bye week? Because my opinion is last it's, year, that was all Matt LaFleur driven. And Matt LaFleur said, the hell with this. This is what I want you to run going forward. And this is what we're going to run. And I think if Joe yeah. Barry would have fought back on Matt, Joe Barry would have been gone. But Joe I don't Barry think said, it's yes, all sir. LaFleur. I don't think it's all LaFleur either. Like I've, I've joked about this. and It's not really a joke. I think the defense got better when Jair Alexander started bullying Joe Barry when he said, cause he, oh, no. he don't say he, that out loud. Listen, oh my listen, God. He wanted Justin Jefferson in that Vikings game. Again, yes, he did. partially a joke. He did not get him. And the next time they played him, Jair Alexander, like from the stories, Jair Alexander walked into his office. He's like, you are giving me Justin Jefferson. And then they played inspired after that. So listen, I'm not saying that the players need to bully Joe Barry. <laughs> But also, but that's the thing. All right. Like just the, the team as a whole, right. The whole thing, the floor is kind of a player's coach. He, he kind of lets them work things out amongst themselves a little bit. He, right. he sits outside, he provides a structure. The players kind of guide where this team goes in some cases. If that's the case for the offense, if the defense does the same thing, I mean, it's been this, it's, it's the personnel versus what they run. Right. Because it's always been, this is between Jair Alexander uh, when Stokes was healthy, Stokes and then Rasul Douglas, this should be a press man team, a press man team. And they're not, and they never have been, and they likely never will be. And even like the cover two stuff, he, he leaned in more cover two uh, last year after the bye. Joe Barry did. And that gets your corners up closer to the line on the edges. So you can press, you got this press two, press two stuff. He just doesn't do that. Like as far as who he is, he's got, it's almost like, it's almost like he's he's got this playbook that someone else came up with, and he's like, I'm going to run this stuff, but he doesn't really know why. And so since there's not really like a full understanding of what's there, right. and you're trying to make alterations, it doesn't go very well. And so, I mean, I, I think I think to answer your question, I think it was either the floor or the players or a combination of the floor and the players. There was even was it Joe Barry's first year, that Lions game. I was at that game. They were getting shredded by the Lions and Jared Goff when the Lions were bad. And then at halftime, LaFleur says something to the effect of, you need to start blitzing him. You need to make him uncomfortable. And they came out with a blitz heavy game plan, which has never been something Joe Barry's done. Right. Made him uncomfortable and the Packers win that game. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think when when Joe Barry has made those changes, it's because he has been forced to make those changes. And I don't care who does, I don't care who makes the decision at, at the bye week, if they're not if they're not good, and I don't think they've been out not disaster, but if they're not good and Joe Barry does not get fired he needs to be told you need to run something else. You need to be running this. Like yeah. someone needs to make that decision for sure. Yep. Totally agree with you. He is dusty. Evely. He's my guy. Follow him on Twitter at dusty. Evely. If you're not, you're a 
fool. Packer Report, Packer Day Podcast, Cheesehead TV. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Of course, download Kurt and Long Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 p.m. Central. It's up each and every one of those three days. Ryan Horvath, Bet MGM tonight, normally with me. He's out sick. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go on Wednesday. Dusty, thanks so much for coming on and uh, really appreciate it, like always. Appreciate you, brother. It's been awesome. Thank you.